few months ago, I started getting these frequent emails from people whose name and email I didn't know, but they knew my name and my website. On this episode of the Gerard Dawson podcast, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Hey, everybody. This is Gerard Dawson, and thanks for listening to the Gerard Dawson podcast. Fortunately, in the quick story I gave at the opening, no, I wasn't being scammed or extorted, or at least I don't think so. These were people who were part of a business who owned a bunch of domains, and one of the domains they owned was GerardDawson.com. So they had a few different people contact me and write me these pretty personal messages saying that the ownership of the domain was going to be up for grabs and they wanted to talk to me about buying it. And at least one of the messages actually mentioned a price of a few hundred dollars. I can't remember exactly what it was. So anyway, here's what I did. I ignored them. Basically, I didn't think it was a scam, but the whole approach seemed a little bit sketchy. I would have liked to have the .com domain because right now I have a personal website that's GerardDawson.org and I'm not an organization, it's just a regular website. And most importantly, I decided to ignore them because they seemed to show me their hand by revealing that the domain was going to expire soon. So I just waited it out. And a couple days ago, I did a quick Google search and I saw that GerardDawson.com was not owned by anybody. So I bought it for just a couple bucks a year. I wanted to yell out Yahtzee to myself. The relevant part to you listening comes from what happened next. And that was talking to the domain company who I bought GerardDawson.com from and the hosting company, which is the company that actually puts a website, shows it live on the internet. And I wanted to look into switching my website to have this new name, GerardDawson.com. So first I asked the hosting company. They're the ones that actually let the website live on the internet. So I sent them one of those live chat messages. I think it was a real person, but it might have well have been a bot because all they did was send me some generic help articles and they wrote back with all of this technical jargon. I'm familiar with it, but I'm not an expert. So basically, I didn't act on the advice. I didn't have the time or the energy. Next, I went to the domain company the company that sold me just that name, GerardDawson.com. This was totally different. They asked for some account info, and then a minute or so later, I got this personalized step-by-step series of directions that the person typed to me. And this had to be really personalized right then because of how much uh, it was contextual to me, Um, or else it was some great artificial intelligence. They gave me specific enough directions to actually tell me what I needed to do on that other company's website, the one that gave me the bad directions. 
And even if you didn't know what either of these interactions was like, the final goodbye or sign-off messages from both of these companies really highlighted the differences between the two approaches. So the first company, the last message the person said to me was basically, anything else? While the first company asked, did that work for you? Which is totally different if you think about it. Because one wants to just end the interaction while the other one wants to actually guarantee an outcome. And that's what I think is a really valuable lesson for you if you're marketing an education product or service. You can talk about features, benefits, low prices, whatever, but people really want you to promise that you can help them actually make something happen. As a little aside, I think in a lot of cases, it's better to position yourself as helping the user or the customer achieve the outcome on their own with your help as opposed to actually talking about or implying that you're going to achieve the outcome for them. Of course, there are obvious exceptions, but in general, people want to be empowered. So there's a lot of ways to apply this lesson for your help documentation, your onboarding email sequence, your in-app notifications. I think it's easy to basically half-ass this, but these are the places where you can make a serious difference as to whether people end up using and sharing your product and talking about it via word of mouth or not. So if you want some help ensuring that the language you're using to share with teachers, parents, school leaders is going to be helpful and show that you can help them get to an outcome, then what you can do is visit https colon slash slash the edtechshop.com and sign up for the the free course that's right there on the homepage. So you go to the edtechshop.com, drop your email in and sign up for the free course. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is just a quick example of good versus bad customer support and how it can apply to your business. Uh, my name is Gerard Dawson and until next time, thanks for listening to the Gerard Dawson podcast.